You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to another episode of Potter Nonsense. I am Ray. And I'm Fee. And tonight we are, or today, wherever you are in the world, we are going to be discussing why Hogwarts actually should probably, definitely, for sure, have a school counsellor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, extremely, they need it. (laughs) Mm. Shit's bad, yo. Yeah. Like, they definitely, these kids, like, not to mention just, like, the culture shock coming from... Uh, being a muggle to, holy shit, wizards are real. Like, that's mm-hmm. a culture shock and a half. Mm-hmm. But then we've also got the added advantage of the war is starting again. Yeah, yeah, these kids go through some shit is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, they do. These <laughs> kids, like, I mean, even just walking around the Hogwarts castle seeing ghosts and the staircases that move, like, for real, which if my they, leg got stuck in a staircase, I would be traumatized. <laughs> the um, I actually got a correction. Apparently, the moving staircase thing is only in the movies. Like, there's still the disappearing stair in the books, but the movement of the staircase oh. is purely a movie thing. And like, oh my god, I recently did a reread, and I did not even notice because it's just such a thing it's like yeah the stairs move obviously so that's like one of the few things that is like okay this is a fundamental thing that the movies have done and i love it so like even though it's oh my god the most impractical and thing i still love it <laughs> and it's just part of hogwarts now oh my god it's just okay i really do like the way that the movies made that so just completely real that it was like it came straight from the books. But in the books, there is there is something to do with the staircases that they just don't seem to lead where they're supposed to go. Hold on. I'm going to – ah, yes, there is. Okay, found it. Um, so there is a quote in the book that says, there were 142 staircases at Hogwarts, wide sweeping ones, narrow rickety ones, and some that led somewhere different on a Friday, some with a vanishing step halfway up that you had to remember to jump. So – Okay, that makes more sense. Oh, I see why the movie made me think, oh, I like that. I'm mad, but I like that. It, it seems so natural to the world that it would be that mm. way. Like just this, this yeah. world where like okay. there's no such thing as any kind of occupational health and safety. It's like how – like there's not a single place in Star Wars that has a railing over like on a bridge or on a balcony. Like it's no. all just completely sheer things that you could trip and fall off of. And it's like the the Empire would be like, well, it's that true. was your fault because that's perfectly safe. Se- <laughs> right? Several people do in fact fall off of them a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. several main characters <laughs> fall off of those edges. <laughs> like that like, thing, that, that um, weird bridge that – um, Kylo Ren kills his dad on like that's 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 so right, so right. impractical. <laughs> I mean, even in even in the prequels, when uh, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi like tosses Darth Maul down that shaft, that just doesn't, what is that, that hole just, for? <laughs> what is that? What is that shaft for, guys? What is that giant hole in the floor for? Um, 
And yes, for anyone listening who is a diehard Star Wars fan, you can fight me. I know Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't toss him down there. It's just a figure of speech because I know someone will fight me about this because Star Wars fans are the worst. How do I know that? Because I am one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should probably spend more more energy on figuring out how the fuck um, Darth Maul survived that when he was very clearly slashed through the guts. Um, the Clone Wars depicted as sheer rage kept him together and then he built a spider body out of robot parts. Okay, cool. He stayed alive. alive out of spite, basically. Yeah, basically. He's the pettiest of the petty and I love him. He is the Hugh Glass of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he absolutely is. Uh, Darth Maul is the pettiest motherfucker in the world and I adore Darth Maul so much. Uh. There I also like his brother Savage. Savage. Of course his name is Savage. <laughs> yes, his name is Savage. He is the yellow uh Dothramerian. Dothramerian? I can't remember how it's yeah. said. I've had yeah, I should probably point out I've had two beers and a glass of wine. So <laughs> this should be This fun. is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Buckle up, people. Um oh, there was um Yeah, so is, is there? I can't remember where that was going. You can continue. <laughs> Sorry. Is there any can, canon explanation for like how he ends up? Because the um the tattoos on Darth Maul's face like indicate that he is like a mind controlled slave of the Night Sisters, right? Yes, and then uh, that that canon was overridden by the Clone Wars and the. Uh, Night Sisters are on one side of the planet of Dathomir and the Night Brothers are on the other side of the planet. Right, um, okay. And the tattoos are just tribal markings. They're not actually slave markings anymore. Right, okay. Because um, there's a very, very good collective of podcasts that they do a lot of actual play um, things. It's not specifically D&D. They use other formats, but they've got a couple of Star Wars stories. And they definitely go with oh, that. Nice. It's um, like the slave tattoos. Because they're, they're, they're. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a five year old Dathomiri kid that they're protecting from the Empire. Yeah. And he's he's adorable. <laughs> um, yeah. No, as far as I'm aware, because I'm currently sitting through a rewatch of uh, The Clone Wars, because mm-hmm. I. Um, uh, I hate myself enough to watch the movies and all the TV series in the lead up to the new movie. Well, we um, just um, watched yes. a fan edit of the prequels that um, fixes a lot. <laughs> it, it goes for nearly three hours yeah, and look. it's great. <laughs> there's there's a few things. There's a few things in there, which is fantastic. Uh, Padme, yeah, um, Padme and Anakin are a much more believable couple when you just take out the dialogue and put on the um, John Williams score and just let, like, the body language is all fine. Like, there's all of these complaints about how wooden the acting is. It's just the dialogue that is bad. Like, they move like people who are in love with each other. They do. They really, really do. Um uh, it's just the dialogue sounds awful. Mm. Anyway, we've probably spoken too much about Star Wars on this Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> you know what? I am quite okay with that. Um, I am actually just looking up about the tattoos to make sure. Yeah. 
They still they still are subservient to the Night Sisters. Um but okay. I think the they've changed the markings to be uh they've changed the markings to just be like it's it's part of their uh their race. Culture rather than a Oh, so it's not even yeah, tattoos now? I, no, apparently they're not even tattoos anymore. In legends they huh. are to, like in the legends they're tattoos, but in actual canon they're not actually tattoos anymore. It's so weird trying uh, to Feel out free to correct me of... on that though, because I could be wrong. Yeah. It's so um, weird trying to yes. figure out what's canon in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. Like, Matt will be saying like when we were watching that fan edit, like Matt would be saying something like regarding it's like I'm like, that is never referenced in the movies. So <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like that is canon for like something but not the movies, and we just have to yeah. kind of accept that. <laughs> yeah, Extended Universe. Canon was obliterated by um, Disney when it came through. They do have some really comprehensive timelines online if you wanted to go look for them, uh, which have helped a lot. I am much more up to date with my canon stuff than my legend stuff because legends just goes on and on and on. Mm. Um, but, yes, Anyway, I would but like yeah, to do I a podcast there's, there's, of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, 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 th- that, that, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, but for now, we're doing Harry Potter. So, yes. so, shall we go over the horrific traumas experienced in the Philosopher's Stone? I absolutely think we should. So, let's just, let's just um, take a moment for Harry's general fucking upbringing. <laughs> yes, so... Uh, Harry was in a, well, let's start with Harry was in a, an abusive childhood situation. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, parents or, you know, figures of authority who definitely did not love him and definitely did not treat him right. Mm-hmm. He lived under yeah. the stairs for God's sake. It is astonishing that he was as put together as he was when, when Hagrid got to him. Yeah. Now, I do have to say, there is that bit, like, this is the one solid that the Dursleys ever did for Harry, I think, and it's the thing that Hagrid gets real mad about when Mm. Harry says that he thought that his parents died in a car crash. Hagrid is outraged that they would have told him that, but at the same time, I would absolutely never tell a child under 10 that his kids, that his parents were murdered if he did not remember the event. Uh, absolutely. Like, like, yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Yeah. Like, tell the kid that the parents died in an accident. Wait until he's old enough to – that it's unavoidable. Or, he, like, if, if, if you can't wait until it's, like, going to be something that you can process with him, you've got to wait until it's unavoidable to tell him. Yeah, I totally wholeheartedly agree. Um, you do not tell a child that their parents died and were murdered horrifically. Yes, them um, specifically by a crazy person. and that, like, you were also a target. Mm, mm-hmm. Because there's, like, murder that occurs by chance, and then there's a specific calculated premeditated murder. And that's what happened to Harry's parents, and he didn't need to know that before he was 11 years old. No, God, no, God, absolutely not. 
Um, so yes, if the Dursleys did one thing right, it's by telling them, telling not telling Harry, sorry, that uh, his parents were murdered, and oh hey, you could one day be next. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Also, but I mean, the argument could be made that they only told Harry; they didn't tell Harry because it wasn't at his best interest or at heart. It was the fact that they did not want to acknowledge the fact that. Uh, his dad was a wizard and he could possibly be a wizard and, oh, look, your mother also was a wizard. So, I mean, oh, their I fully interests agree with were that. not like, the best. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't not tell him out of a duty of care. They just didn't tell – like, they, they didn't tell him because they didn't want to acknowledge the magical element. But yeah. at the same time, they could have just said that they, that his parents were shot. So, yes. <laughs> like, I, look, it, like, I, I honestly do really, really like the theory that because Harry was technically kind of a Horcrux himself, that Petunia probably did love him at one point in time. And then as the longer that they spent around the Horcrux, the, the worse their treatment of him got. Yeah, I have enjoyed that um, headcanon as well. Although there was yeah. like the one thing that gives me pause with it was that they were already shit talking Harry before they got him. <laughs> like they in that were. first chapter, they they were like really really critical of this fucking baby. <laughs> they were, but I I really I really need to just think that Petunia Dursley was not that much of a fucking shit lord that. Mm. she neglected a child, straight, a, a baby straight off the bat. Yeah. Especially since, like, if you do not give love to a baby, it literally dies. It does. It literally, they do. They die. Um, and like that has. Babies that, need that, physical contact or they just die. Like, you, if you just um, give kids the necessary things that, like, an adult needs to live, it will not survive. No, or it'll turn out to be a raging psychopath that murders everybody. Um, if it lives, like if yeah, <laughs> which is if unlikely because like it's it's called touch starvation and it's a thing. Yeah, no. So I mean, like at once upon a time, I want to think that the Dursleys or Petunia at least did love Harry, but the longer that they were around him, being a Horcrux the more their treatment of him turned to absolute shite. Yep. Yeah, okay. It I is, mean, it is a really this... interesting theory to go with. Yeah, yeah, it is. And But was this I've... what J.K. Rowling intended at the start? Probs not. Absolutely is not. Is this what happened? <laughs> yes. There was um, <sighs> one thing that I saw going around with this, um, like, alternate universe where, like, Vernon responded badly to this baby that needed them and Petunia responded with fucking leaving him. <laughs> I like that. And like lovingly, really like that lovingly raised Dudley and Harry together and they, mm. they weren't as nearly as well off but they were happy. Yeah, because I, uh, I think Petunia is a bad person herself but I, I also think Vernon is the instigator of many, many things. I think he is the problem. I also have the feeling that Vernon is a lot older than Petunia. Yeah, I always got that feeling too. Like he seems like he's, you know, in his 
like well into his 40s just just from the vibe of him and like Petunia in the first book she's 32 yeah she fell in love with an older man and it backfired lovingly on her mm. like she Again, clearly she clearly does love Vernon but it's like mm, would she have been better if like she was with a nicer person yeah uh, probably yes probably absolutely yes mm. I mean I don't really know what she saw in Vernon anyway Ugh. I mean that that would be man. but like, then he does seem to be quite well off is the thing so maybe she just saw security like people do that it's a thing they do they do I I understand I mean, I I'm not especially, there myself. Especially but. if they if they got together around the time that her parents died, which we don't know how that happened. Yeah. No, her parents just died. Maybe they were the ones who died in the car crash. Yeah, like all we've been told is they died of normal muggle causes. So. Car crash. Yeah, um, which like I have thought that it would be a car crash as well just because it would be then easy to just think of, well, yeah, your parents died in a car crash. Yeah, it would be like the first thing that came to her mind. Yeah. Which is probably why she was so reluctant to actually talk about it because telling Harry, a child, that their pa- that her parents died in a car crash would would make her remember that her parents died in a car crash. So they go into the dark forest slash the forbidden forest depending on media yes. and they get like the that's already out of them that's already pretty fucked like <laughs> just saying but then they see a dead unicorn mm, mm-hmm. like the embodiment of all purity in the world and it's fucking dead in front of them and you know right some of, the, some of them also see weird voldemort like weird ghost voldemort <laughs> Yeah. So that's a lot. Um I think I think the most like the actual most fucked up thing there is the fact that it that was the form of detention. Yeah. Um the knowledge that your the people who are supposed to be taking care of you will send you into that much danger if you do something wrong is horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And if, like, that wouldn't like, happen I, if there was a school counsellor in the first place. Like, they wouldn't need the therapy for that because the school counsellor would be there like, um, excuse you, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Um, I just think that it's really, like, it's really telling that the first thing Dumbledore basically says is do not go in the Forbidden Forest. Oh, by the way, if you get a detention, you're going into the Forbidden Forest. Mm. It's like when he sends the Slytherins back to their um, dormitories when there's a troll in the dungeon. Yeah, troll in the dungeon. Bye, Slytherins. Off you go. Back to the dungeon. (laughs) Really, buddy? Really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just... No, that is not – anyway, there are so many things wrong with Dumbledore. Like, I really want to like Dumbledore, but he is he is mm. basically a fucking Machiavellian sociopath. Like. Yeah, yeah. 
So there was one other thing that I thought of regarding the Philosopher's Stone, mm. and it's specific to the movies, in which Harry makes his first kill. Uh, what? When? I'm trying to remember. Okay, so um, it's he basically has no real complicity in killing Quirrell in the book. Like he passes out, and while he's while he's unconscious, Quirrell dies from trying to touch Harry. Oh my god! In the movie, Harry puts his hand oh on the god. fucker's face. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. He really does. I can see the scene so clearly in my head now. He's just kind of like he realizes that the touch makes Quirrell like melt Burn. or like turn to ash and then he just kind of like. Ah! <laughs> like that's not something an adult would be able to deal with. But this 11-year-old is like, yep, okay, this is, this is my life now. I'm just going to murder this guy <laughs> and then I'm going to be perfectly fine afterwards. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, therapy. The boy needs therapy. Dude, the boy needs so much therapy. Uh, I don't even know <laughs> where to begin with how much therapy Harry Potter needs. And there's, I mean, Ron needs therapy. He's, like, oh. got this hero complex from his older brothers where he just feels inadequate all the time. Mm-hmm. And feels like he's the least loved of all of his siblings. Yeah, and then there's Hermione who is, like, such a do-gooder to the point that you're like, who hurt you, girl? Like, what kind of parents did you have as a, like, as a muggle child that you had to be, like, this kind of, I've got to be perfect and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to strive to be the best. I've got to be the best. I've got to be, you know, being the best often comes from the fact that parents push their kid to be the best. Mm. Like, like that, that Hermione if Hermione went to Muggle high school, she would definitely be like abusing Adderall. Oh, absolutely. She would totally be abusing Adderall. She would be the top student. She would be exactly like Hermione Granger is at Hogwarts, as she would and she would just be insufferable. She would be Annie from community. Oh my god, she would definitely be Annie from community. Don't get me wrong, I love Hermione. She is, like, my first heroine in my head that I can think, wow, I want to be like her. But also I was never like her because I didn't have the push from the parental figure behind me. It's the dance mm. mom thing. Yeah, there's that, there's that drive to be the very best that you really only get if you're getting, like, really shoved towards it. Yeah, yeah, like the dance mum. <laughs> I actually just listened to a um, thing about like a murder in the 80s in Texas where like, well, it was an attempted murder. They didn't actually manage to go through with the murder. Um, but it was the biggest, this woman's been forcing her daughter to cheerlead for years and years and years, but like, she doesn't want to but like and she's trying to get her on this team like she's been training and training and training for the day that she gets to try out for the cheerleading squad and she's like mom I don't even want to cheerlead and mom's like no of course you do of course you do um anyway so this mother tried to put out a hit on the biggest rival 
and her mother. Oh my god. Over <laughs> oh we cheerleading. And it's all because she wasn't allowed to cheerlead when she was in high when she was in high school because her mother said that the um the outfits were too slutty. Oh my god. Which which we're talking about like in the 1970s. <laughs> so like I, I can I can bet that they were not yeah. not remotely revealing at all. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's so Chamber of Secrets. Oh, here we go. You're way more on top of like the, the like history behind all of this than I am at the moment. By the way, it's been a it's been quite a few years. Well, I was. It's been quite a few years. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just like thinking through, yeah, and and like I wanted I wanted to like we came up with this topping and I wanted to like go through specific things that I could think of. So um, my first thing that I did was just I wrote Ginny with an exclamation mm, point. Yeah. <laughs> like she needs a lot and she definitely didn't get it. No, she did not. Like how scary would that year have been for her? Like she doesn't remember anything that she was doing. She just yeah, look. wakes up wakes up in, like, situations where she's covered in rooster blood, for example. Yeah, she gets no help for this. She has, like, severe dissociative disorder and gets no help for it. Like, she Mm. literally says, I don't remember what I did. And everyone goes, oh, you poor thing. And that's it. Nobody helps her. And She literally has dissociative disorders. Mm. And I'm going to say that the reason that she ends up being friends with Luna is because she didn't get to build any relationships in her first year at Hogwarts. No, because she was the weird girl who used to wake up in fucking rooster blood. Yeah. Imagine being in her room, like in her dorm room. Like she's the weird kid who just seems to be sleepwalking out. Like is that what she's doing? (laughs) She's the weird weaselly girl. And when she's and when she's awake, she's just constantly writing in this diary. Oh God, she's the weird horse girl that everybody went to school with. Oh no! Oh, shout out to all the weird horse girls. If you don't know who the horse girl was, honey, I'm pretty sure it was you. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I was the weird dog girl, so I feel you. I feel you. But also. <laughs> You, every grade had that one weird girl that was just insanely obsessed with things and it was usually mm. horses. I mean, my my um, obsessions would um, come in and out, like I'd fixate on one thing for a bit and then I'd move on to the next thing and that has honestly continued. Yeah, so. I was going to say, has that changed? Um, can I call you out no. on this now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get my special interest and it goes off for a bit and then, uh, like, I find I usually end up finding something else. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm exactly the same. Mm. Or the other thing that happens is someone ruins it for me. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, like, I, I was a diehard Star Wars fan when I was, like, a teenager, early 20s, and then I had an ex-boyfriend who just absolutely shit all over it and ruined ruined it completely for me. Um, to the point that I didn't watch Star Wars or pay any attention to Star Wars until 
probably like the Force Awakens started to be a thing. Like I was, I, I still casually liked it. I still casually liked like Rogue One and that. I went to the midnight launch of Rogue One. Um, but I wasn't like a diehard fan because in my head being a diehard fan about Star Wars made people not like me and blah, 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 blah. Um, but now I'm like, whatever, I let my freak flag, freak flag fly and I fucking love Star Wars and anyone can like, whatever, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it, that happens to me sometimes where someone will just absolutely ruin it for me to the point that I just don't want to know about it anymore, which is sad. Yeah. It's really sad. Don't let yeah. anyone do that to you guys. Especially not a stupid man. Ugh. Mm. I but mean, yeah. my 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 main thing was like some things that I got that I gotten into as an adult, I got into so much because like I was no longer afraid of my mum not th- like being disappointed that I wasn't cooler. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, uh, she one time she got home and I was watching some Star Trek movie and she was just so disappointed. <laughs> oh, my God. No, my mom was a giant fucking nerd as well. Uh, I will never be more proud of my mom when I had to explain who Poe Dameron was. And I was like, oh, he's like the hot shot. He's the new hot shot, like, X-Wing pilot. And she was like, oh, so, like, we're Gentilly's. And I was like, ah, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god and she was like yeah babe you know that my and then she goes yeah babe you know your dad and mine's first date was to uh empire, maybe it was empire strikes back one of the originals and and i was just kind of like are you kidding me and she's like no and it was my idea to go and see the movie not your father's so let that sink in <laughs> oh just like uh, when I, I went to see the third twilight movie with three guys and it wasn't my idea Oh my god, <laughs> that's so good! <laughs> uh, they just took you so that you were the one that you you were the scapegoat. I think I was. You were definitely <laughs> like was, the scapegoat. Yeah. Um, well, one of our teachers' sons was in that movie, so what the it was hell? like this thing where they were. Yeah. Um, my my. Um, English and religion teacher in high school was um, Xavier Samuel's mum. <gasps> no. I fucking love Xavier Samuel. <laughs> yeah, Are you so serious? he, he um, Yeah, I am um, like last last year I was at a thing with her and we ended up dancing to stay alive together. <laughs> <gasps> no way. <laughs> Oh man, okay, I should probably point out that I don't I don't know Xavier Samuel from Eclipse like Twilight. I did know that he was in it, but mm. I know him from uh a f- something else. A few best men, I think it was, the the Oh um, yeah, he was in that. I didn't the see comedy. That. Yeah, yeah, I know him from that and I was just like, "Oh, he's he's a babe." And then I was like, "Oh my god, he's Australian." Um and oh my god, now <laughs> the six degrees of separation. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was weird. It was kind of weird when everyone got really into him during Twilight because I was like, um, my one of my teachers just keeps on showing me videos of him on the red carpet because she's so proud of her son, and now I've got oh everyone God. thirsting for him. <laughs> oh my she God! She had she had a 
She had a Twilight Mom keychain, but like she like sit for serious. Oh my <laughs> god! Because she was a Twilight Mom. Because she was a Twilight <laughs> Mom. Oh, that's so sweet though. That she's just like so happy and proud of her yeah, son. Yeah, she was. Like she was so excited and proud, and um, there was actually one point where she made reference to one of her other kids, and like one of the guys, like he just stood up and slammed his hands on his desk and said, "You have other children." <laughs> <laughs> like that that was the degree to which like she was so she was like gushing that like it was like well we just assumed that it, that was her one kid. Oh my god, that's so hilarious. <laughs> I'm actually like legit so excited that there's like six degrees of separation and you know Xavier Samuel's mum. He was in some dumb shark movie that I still haven't watched. I bought it because we were going to do a bad shark movie night and now everyone that I was going to do that with has fucking moved into state. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was also in Frankenstein. He was in a 2015 version of Frankenstein. I remember seeing him in that. And he was in a movie. I totally with... forgot there was a 2015 Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, he play, he didn't play Frankenstein. Well, he played Adam, which is Franken. It's the monster. <laughs> um, because I I remember seeing that. That was really good because that has Carrie Ann Moss in it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she plays Elizabeth. Um, yeah, I've seen a few of his. I mean, the fact that the fact that he's gotten to make out with Kate Beckinsale is just a big win for Adelaide. (laughs) It's true. It's really, really true. It's true. Man, because because he was in um the adaptation of uh, Lady Susan, um, Love and Friendship. Yes, yeah, he was uh, DeCourcy or something. Uh, Reginald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reginald DeCourcy. Mm. Um, oh, man. Okay. Yeah, he's like he's also like really good friends with Bryce Dallas Howard, which is really cool. That is very cool. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Mm. Anyway. Back, off, back off, on track. Off of my name, off of name dropping. <laughs> Before we right. start talking about your your um, my the, the people that you crush. know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I know a few people. Um, mm. I'm sure that we can we can end up saying this sort of like this this will be an unfolding journey, um, in which we. Um, play into the stereotype that actually all Australians know each other while simultaneously everyone lives on farms with like 100 kilometres between each house. It's, look, it's true. I was talking to a couple of friends on a Discord thing the other day and I said, sorry guys, I haven't been around for a while because I've been having a bit of a rough patch. Now my version of a rough patch is I'm, I've got a class at the moment that is just kicking my ass because the coordinator is an absolute flaming pile of garbage um but one of the americans was just kind of like oh i can't imagine what a rough patch for an australian would be um is it something like your koala died or something i'm like nah man uh my kangaroo hopped off in a trail ride and i had to wrangle an emu to get back to home and he fucking (laughs) believed me (laughs) he was like what really i'm like no (laughs) Yeah, when we were in America, we were frequently asked if we 
rode kangaroos to school and we were like, uh, no, all the cool kids ride emus. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, he loves to bring up uh, the emu war uh, that we lost. Of course. Um, yes. And I keep telling him, um, please, okay, please okay. stop. Okay. Next time, next time he brings it up, just yeah. point out that Americans lost a war against squirrels. Did they now? They did indeed. They, there was a full-blown initiative to kill all the squirrels in, like, the 1930s and 40s. Oh, my God. They enlisted children to kill as many squirrels as they could. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. Because, like, they were, they were eating all of the food. Like, it, it, there is a dollop about it. I will link you to it later. <laughs> I am – oh, my God, I'm loving this. This is – Okay. I will definitely <laughs> be bringing this up next time he brings up the fact that Australians lost a war to emu. Yeah, because squirrels are definitely more embarrassing to lose a war to. They really are, because if anyone's ever seen an emu, they're like terrifying motherfuckers. Emus are taller than people and squirrels are much smaller than I ever expected them to be. They are, aren't they? They are very yeah. small. Very that's, cute. They, they are the size that I expected chipmunks to be. I didn't see a chipmunk, so I have no idea how small that's meant to be. Chipmunks, I think, are smaller than squirrels. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, they must be so small. Mm. <laughs> Teeny tiny little things. Yes. Um. So, Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. The other big thing is that, like, I imagine that a lot of muggle-borns are completely terrified for their life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit, yeah. Like... They they are being specifically threatened. Yeah. And people just like them are, like, being turned into basically stone and could die. (laughs) Yeah, look, I feel like I would be calling my mom and being like, I think I need to come home. Do they do distance education? Right? Yeah, that's the thing. And this is one of the – like, we were talking about how we thought that, um, like – something is done to prevent information such as this from actually making it to parents. Mm. And this is a good example of, like, that's probably the case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's, like, the friends of the people who have been petrified. Yeah, right. Imagine being the person who found, Like, like, Hermione Granger and Penelope Clearwater. Yeah, and, like, um, there's I – know, I know that we firmly stand on the hill of Ernie McMillan is the fucking worst, but he and Hannah Abbott would be dealing with Justin Finch Fletcherly getting petrified. Hmm. Like, they're in the same boat as Harry and Ron, except, like – they don't have an active idea of how they're going to fix the issue. That's because Annie McMillan's a dickhead. <laughs> I have nothing more to say about that. Well, we can at least we can at, we can at least feel real bad for Hannah Abbott, future wife of Neville Longbottom. Yeah, look, I really do feel bad for Hannah Abbott, considering like the shock must have been so great that she changed her face in the movies. Did she? She she literally becomes a different person or the same actress plays like four different characters. I can't remember. Okay. 
the big one that I always remember is um, they cast a black girl for Lavender Brown for the first couple of movies, but as soon as she was important, <laughs> she was a blonde girl. Oh my god, I remember that. I remember that. I yeah, mm, that's interesting, isn't it? That is a choice. Like she she short. Sure, she wasn't like referenced as being black in the books because she would definitely like we would know it would be referenced a lot <laughs> every time she came up it would be it would be lavender brown a, a pretty black girl um, yeah that would with be her the, cocoa colored prob- skin yes uh, like like if 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 a character is a person of color you know because it's frequently referenced that there'll be some kind of um identifier that will be brought up every time um but yeah like they could have just kept the original girl like they knew that lavender brown was going to eventually be important so like it's not like they it snuck up on them as they needed someone who like was a strong actor <laughs> yep yeah actually maybe fifth book wasn't out when the first book movie came out but like no it wasn't jk rowling was still very much involved with things so she yeah she was yeah. She could have just kept her that way. They could have just kept the same actress. Like they kept the same actress for basically everyone. Yeah, they kept they kept the same actress for Ginny, even though she and Daniel Radcliffe had zero chemistry on oh my God. anyone's radar. Ugh, <laughs> oh, I know. If you want to see Daniel Radcliffe have good chemistry with someone who looks like Ginny Weasley, watch Horns. Oh, okay. Because the girl in Horns uh is like this gorgeous redhead who looks like a weasley and the chemistry between the him and her is fucking amazing much the fact that she like i mean it's a movie about him turning into the devil but you know <laughs> still chemistry was it juno temple because i've just googled the movie and she's like the second yeah i think it was person that comes up oh juno temple would be interesting with red hair i haven't seen that She's got like I love this really movie. curly Horns. natural blonde hair. Horns is amazing. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her. Hold on, I'm just looking okay. it up now because it's yeah, no, that's her. And she was a redhead in Horns. Right. Juno Temple is good in everything. Is the thing like she's like a lot of people have slept on her, but like she's very good. Yeah. No, I liked her. Um. She- Yes, so the chemistry between them in that movie was exactly how Ginny Weasley and Harry Potter should have been. Mm. And it was amazing. Yeah. And I love that movie. And everybody should watch it and just appreciate Daniel Radcliffe trying to break away from the good stereotype of Harry Potter. I mean, he did get, like, fully naked on a London stage, but... <laughs> yeah, it's true. Fully naked for the horse fucking play. That we had to study yeah. in high school. It's true. But. Googling Equus for school. Mm. <laughs> and finding out that the safe search filter is not on. was an experience. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Because it's just a, f- like, fully spread out naked Daniel Radcliffe. Like. <laughs> oh, no. Unexpected. Is the one I'm going to yeah, use. Yeah, it would be. It really, really would be. Prisoner of Azkaban? I mean, 
freaking werewolf getting chased by a werewolf and a crazy lunatic who's not actually a crazy lunatic. He's just been like, you know, not around people for a really long time. Hmm. Like and, at least like someone needs needed to be there to like, you know, discuss people's fears about the fact that there was a killer on the loose. Could someone also be there to talk Ron Weasley through the fact that he'd had a uh, man the same age as his parents or like a little younger than his parents sleeping in the bed with him? Yeah, yeah, he probably needs Peter that. Peter Pettigrew. Also, someone needs to talk to the Weasley twins about if you see a man's name in your brother's bed, you should probably ask him about it because he is a minor. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, okay. Like on the map? Yeah, 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 yeah. Peter, like, Peter Pettigrew would have come up. Yeah, and like he's an adult and like Ron is 11. Like when they, when they would have first been seeing this come up, it's like, okay, um, did they just not look? Awesome. <laughs> Also, it's not a very big school, and uh, all he would have to do is go, hey, who's Peter Pettigrew? And people would be like, there's no Peter Pettigrew in my grade. Hmm. And the twins could have just been like, uh, mum, we've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Or they could have just been like, hey, McGonagall, uh, Peter Pettigrew, who is he? And McGonagall would have been like, uh, um, how excuse do you know that me, name? what name oh, did you shit. just... <laughs> How do you know that name? What name did you just utter? Please, um, uh, let's not talk about this anymore and we, we have a problem. The Weasley twins could have definitely solved this whole debacle very quickly. Yeah, I think, honestly, the Marauders map creates more issues than it. Um... The Marauders like, map it, is it a really cool concept. It creates as many issues but, as the Time Turner. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Like, I love it, but also, it, it, I have issues with it. Also, Hagrid has full blown PTSD in Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, yeah, he definitely does. Of course he does. Because he went also, to, like, he went to Azkaban sorry, the year before. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. buddy. And then mm. there's Dementors all over the fucking school. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's true. A bad time for Hagrid. It's a very bad time for Hagrid. I feel so, like, I love Hagrid. He just means so well. He does. Like, he's not, he doesn't always do the right thing, but he means well. He does mean well. But... Yeah. Hagrid also needs therapy. Everybody at Hogwarts needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Is the conclusion um, that we so, are coming to here. Yep. Yeah. yeah, basically. So in the Goblet of Fire, there's specifically an entire event in which the there is a bunch of children that are facing their own mortality. So that's fun. Mm. Yep. Uh, the Goblet of Fire is by far the most fucked up one. <laughs> the thing, I'm pretty sure that, like, if there was any kind of mental health care involved in the Wizarding World, like, they just wouldn't do the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> because, hey, that's a bit fucked. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that to children. Hmm. 
and then there's like just just every, like half the school saw Cedric's dead body. Uh, yeah, all of the school saw Cedric's dead body. Mm. Again, Harry needs like, therapy. I imagine there because... would be. I imagine there would be like a couple of people that like didn't see what was going on before like the crowd closed in and all of that. So I'm not going to say that everyone saw it, but like a lot of people saw it. <laughs> so many people saw it. Ah, and then <clears throat> poor Sed's father, Amos mm. Diggory. Who I stand son. by like is the he's, – he's, I hate Cedric's dad more than I hate Ernie McMillan, but like, you know, he does need some therapy. <laughs> He also needs therapy mm. to keep him from bullying small children, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that is a whole other thing. That is that is a lot of other things. But I just mm. – everybody in the Wizarding World is fucked up. Yeah, that that's a pretty easy conclusion there. <laughs> everybody in the Wizarding World uh, has issues uh, and – I think that they are the way they are uh, because no one is getting help. Hmm. Like we're, we're still as a society recovering from the fact that there was no mental health care for a good long while. Hmm. Yeah. And also That's recovering tough. from um, people doing psychology wrong. <laughs> Looking at you, Mr. Freud. Ah, yeah, look, he was just a sex maniac. <laughs> like, and a lot of a lot of Freud's shit was just basically like, these are my issues that I'm making everyone else's issues so I feel cool with myself. It's true. I'm not, I can't even argue with that. It's very true. <laughs> so I feel like this. So obviously everyone feels like this. Freud was super <laughs> fascinating to learn about because uh, that's what I studied at university. But uh, I really did mm-hmm. enjoy that first year we learned about Freud and then second year they went, everything you learned about Freud last year, forget about it. <laughs> I was like, well, what's the point of learning about it? <laughs> but the point of learning about it is to learn about yeah, our history. It, yeah, history of psychology versus like actual good psychology are two very different yeah, things. Yeah, they really are. They really are. And I really – So um. Uh, yeah. What was I going to say? Order oh, of the yeah. Phoenix. Cho Chang's entire deal. Yeah, Cho Chang was just put there literally just to be pretty. And then, like, you know, her boyfriend is unceremoniously killed. And so she just, like, if there was some kind of therapy available to her, I imagine that the person would be like, yeah, don't go on a date with the guy who saw your boyfriend die. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like she's just openly weeping most of the time that she's on the page. Like, girlfriend needs help. She needs a lot of help. Someone help that girl. Yeah, someone's like steer her very far away from uh, Harry. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad call. <laughs> um, I, I imagine that this would have, any, in any case, been the year that if there was a school counselor, that school counselor would have been fired 
because it's umbrage time. Oh, yeah. This would be like what happened in Australia where they got rid of school counsellors in schools and put chaplains in instead. I don't know if that was all. I wonder if that's because I've, I've learned that the, yeah, um, I'm not sure exactly because like I think there's still an official school counsellor at my old high school except she's terrible. Yeah, I think it depended on state that you were in and if the school was government funded or not, but there was like a big thing there where uh, yeah. where they were um, replacing school counsellors with just chaplains. Yeah, not no, good. Really not good. Don't please do don't that. do that. For God's sake, please don't do that. But yeah, you'd think that the Catholic school would be one that would go with the chaplain, so maybe it is. But um, my friend's niece uh, stopped going to our old high school because she was being bullied and the counsellor told her to suck it up. Wow. In those In those specific words. Holy Jesus Christ. Ah, yeah. Man. Look. So, like, there's there's the – we have a zero-tolerance policy for bullying bullshit that they trot out when they will definitely allow you to be bullied, like, as much as the bullies like because authority figures side with shitty people is the thing. But then there's, like, openly being like, yeah, no, fuck you. Just, just deal with it. Yeah. We don't care. I was I was really lucky, and I know I'm in the absolute minority of this, but the school that I went to for the majority of my high schooling was explicitly no bullying policy. You got caught even, like, saying a mean thing to someone, you were hauled away to the office, like, even if it was, like, a joke, like, you know, how kids joke. Oh, okay. Um, if a teacher overheard you say something even slightly mean – you were hauled away to explain your actions, um, which at the time was kind of annoying, but also yeah. much appreciated because things were actually done when it was a severe case of bullying. Um, I remember this hmm. was also at the same time as uh, MSN blogs were a thing. Like you could update your MSN of blogs. Um, and yes. like I recall some, that. Yeah, someone started a, uh, a burn blog um, of course they did because <laughs> it was around the same time as Mean Girls we're talking like 2003 mm-hmm. 2004 um, and the teachers cracked down on that like almost immediately it was absolutely ridiculous how quickly they cracked down on it and it was found and fucked it up <laughs> yeah like uh, it was yeah it was nuts how quickly they cracked down on it because I remember it was my grade specifically and I was in the group of girls who it was happening to and around so we were all hauled to the office and basically interrogated for hours to find out who it was um and then that person was consequently expelled for out-of-school bullying huh um good work it was it was dealt with yeah, no, I like I uh, I know I'm in the absolute minority because most schools would not uh, like give a shit at all. But I was very very lucky. I mean, the thing with like my uh, high also... school experience was that um there wasn't really any major bullying to speak of. Like, mm. and I know that because I was the kind of person that would have been bullied. So, <laughs> and like, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't have like the, that weird meanness that like 
school kids do to each other and that's apparently very much changed at that school now but like I was just in a really good year level (laughs) my year level were absolute shitheads um and we had like warring factions but it was mostly the boys not the girls the girls kind of were just kind of like yeah whatever like whatever after the burn book incident nobody really gave a shit Mm. I think we were possibly just united against the um, schools that caught the same bus line as us. <laughs> yeah. Like that were in this like because uh, they thought we were posh <laughs> and we were like, this, okay, um, like they were they were an agricultural school. <laughs> oh, okay. So like they, 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 they went to school in like slacks and polos and like we had to wear the – full-on school uniform thing which made us posh and we're like do you think Mm. we want to be wearing these you guys like come on (laughs) no one wants to um, wear uniforms until you're an adult and you appreciate the hell out of uniforms and in like a I think was in two year levels above us um there was a physical fight between these two schools in the Macca's like it wasn't in the Macca's car park but it was at the bus stop that was like next to the Macca's car park and we were there like no one in school uniform was ever allowed to go into that Macca's ever again (laughs) oh oh, oh my god that's kind of cool yeah although like it was also one of those things where it's like by the time I was going over there it was like none of the same employees still work there because it's a Macca's (laughs) yeah um, high turnover rate. And it's not like the owner is in there to enforce it. So as long as like teachers didn't see you going over there, you could like just go and get your chips. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Um, um, so another thing that would be like definitely impacting kids' mental health uh, in the Order of the Phoenix here is just like, the same thing that's fucking with us um, at the moment is like, what news is fucking real? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Who do we believe? The teacher authority figure mm. is a, a nightmare. And uh, and uh, she's carving people's hands. Yeah. And like, like, imagine going to detention and having to carve into yourself, I must not break rules. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And like, you've got. Is the scariest man who has ever lived, like, alive (laughs) or not? Yeah, right. Uh, And, I mean, poor Harry, no one believes him ever Mm. other than his friends. But no one ever believes him. Like, he he gets his little squad of, like, Dumbledore's army and all of that, but, like, that Mm. takes a while. And he's also, like, dealing with the death of Cedric. Mm. Like this is this is the most depressed Harry. Yeah, it's a goddamn miracle he made it out alive, quite literally. Mm. Like Harry was insufferable in that book, but like in a completely understandable way. Oh yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed reading insufferable Harry because it made him more human. Mm. I really, like, I think the fifth and sixth books are my favorite because he finally started to line up with the age that I was and how, like, my mental capacity worked as well. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's when I started to really appreciate Harry and his friends as characters because they made mistakes and they were kids. They were they were teenagers. Which also was a good, like, credit where credit was is due. Like, J.K. Rowling did a good on that one. Like, she, she did. definitely she really wrote realistic teenagers. Yeah, which is something that a lot of people do not do. It's true. They either write them way too adult or they write them as 16-year-old children. Yeah, it's um, – I'm going to bring out Buffy yet again. There should probably be a jingle for this at this point. But um, <laughs> a lot of people really hate Dawn and a lot of the issue is that, one, she gets – initially introduced in an episode that is largely um, like she she narrates a lot of it, which is never good. Mm. But she's also like narrating a diary. it. Well, she's writing in her diary is the thing. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they've done no that. As, they've done that as the yeah, they've done that as the format. So that's already bad. <laughs> and mm. they've also made her – much younger like than she's meant to be like in attitude and it's like oh okay this is real bad mm. <laughs> so it's like a very self-involved young teenagers monologue <laughs> for for a good chunk of it and like that is a bad first impression to have and yeah, then throughout annoying. the series throughout the series depending on the writer she'll be either be really really good like there's good, good dawn that happens, but the stuff that really sticks out to people is the stuff when she's very annoying and being portrayed too young. Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, credit where, as you said, credit where credit is due. JK did write teenagers very realistically. She didn't write their romance very well, but, like, just Look, general what's... teenage stuff was pretty Honestly. good. What 16-year-old, other than the, like, few that actually succeeded, has a realistic romance? <gasps> I kind of think she I kind of think she wrote the awkwardness between Cho and Harry quite well, right up until Cho and Harry kind of mm, went on a like, date. I was, I was, yeah, I was good with the awkwardness of them because it was meant to be awkward. Ginny and Harry weren't meant to be awkward, but they were. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think the movies made them more awkward than they should have been. Although we still get that classic scene where Ginny and Harry kiss in the kitchen and George is just standing there going, morning. And it's like, oh, my God. You could feel the, like, <laughs> the big brother coming out at him just being like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, but it was also just like. I, I, I like I, I like this guy that is making out with my sister, so I'm not going to be too bad. But I, I just I just, just want to remind him. Want to be I a just bit weird re- right now? Yeah, I just want to remind him. I just want to fuck with him. Yeah, <laughs> just want to remind him that she has a lot of older brothers, and even though we love him, uh, you're gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> and even though she is fully 100% capable of fucking fucking you up if you fuck up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like you won't have to worry about like, the brothers. If anyone, if anyone, yeah, if anyone trusts and respects Ginny to fight her own battles, oh, yeah. it's, it's her brothers. Completely her brothers. Maybe not Bill and Charlie because they probably haven't seen what she's yeah. capable of. But like Fred, Percy, uh, Fred, George, Percy, and Ron are just kind of like, uh, 
let it go. Off she goes. We're so proud of her. Like nothing, nothing we can, <laughs> nothing we can do to you is worse than yeah, what right, she can do. Right. To you. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that about this character is that you know that she could absolutely fuck you up because she has had to deal with all of those boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, if we go into Half Blood Prince, there's definitely like. Hashtag Voldemort confirmed. Yeah, confirmed Voldemort. Run, everyone. We're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's something that um, a bunch of kids would probably need to discuss with someone, like mm. a trusted counsellor. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a and lot of children. Yeah. And then, of course, there's... Um, the part where, like, a bunch of school kids see, like, I assume the pulverized corpse of Dumbledore. Mm. Yes, he did take a mighty fall. Because, like, sure, sure, in the movies, like, he's perfectly intact. He just, you know, fell, fell down and is apparently, like, not bleeding out and, like, with his skull smashed. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, that's definitely how he would have looked. (laughs) he fell from a very, 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 very great height. Yeah, literally the tallest tower of a castle. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, people would have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, not to mention the literal battle that also went on that day. Slash night. Slash... They were children in a war. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot. Like, these kids go through things that most adults never do. Yes. Yes, they do. It's, um, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but I think it's also a really good, representation of kind of what teenagers are going through in our climate at the moment, particularly in countries like America where school shootings are so rampant and prevalent, but also kids Mm. who are in war zones. Like, Mm. I mean, I know this is a movie and a kid's book, but this is even more of the reason why what's needed a fucking counselor is because these kids are kids. They're meant to just go to school, have some fun, pull pranks, but they go to school wondering if they're going to get attacked and then the school does get attacked. Yeah. Yeah, so like going going into um, the Deathly yeah. Hallows, like literal, literal full-out war with grown adults that they are fighting. Yeah. Like – and, like, the entire experience of, uh, like, the Carrows as their teachers and all of that, like, that's all really intense. Oh, it's terrifying, really. It's more terrifying now as an adult mm. than it is than it was when I was reading it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, because, like, when you're a kid, you really don't understand the full implications no. of that. Not at all. Not at all. Like a lot of it, a lot of it. When you're reading as a kid, it's like, oh, this is a really cool adventure, and then you grow up. It's like yeah. these are babies. You know, you're an adult when you suddenly 
realize that you are calling 16-year-olds babies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so there's been someone that I've been pointedly avoiding bringing up, so we can just put it in right at the end, giving it the space that it deserves. The entire teaching career of one Severus Snape. We are going to have to do a whole episode on Snape because he is incredibly problematic and I have absolutely no sympathy for him in the slightest. Uh, I don't think he should have got a redemption mm-hmm. arc and I don't think mm-hmm. he deserved, I don't think he deserves, but, sorry, the uh, heroic stature that people give him. I think he is a disgusting excuse for a character and should stay a villain where he was written. Mm, mm. Um, the assertion that he has a redemption arc is humorous to me mm. because, like, he did not die to save the wizarding world. That implies intent. He died by accident because he yeah. didn't expect that Voldemort would actually kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. fully thought that he was going to live through this whole thing. He and did. go forward in his, like, Wizarding World version of Operation Paperclip and never have to deal with any consequences. Mm-hmm. But that's not the subject that we're actually discussing right now. Right now we're talking about what he did to those children. Neville Longbottom's most feared thing in this entire world, and think of this as a a 12 to 13-year-old child, the scariest thing in the world to that kid was his teacher. Mm -hmm. And this is after having, like, uncles who would drop him out of second-story windows to try and jumpstart his magic. Like, he already had a bad time. Yeah. He already had a bad childhood. He already had a bad upbringing. He already felt like a worthless, like nothing person. And Severus Snape picked on him. He picked on all the kids, but he he picked on Neville to the point that Neville was terrified of an adult. The Bogart is meant to show yeah, your and like, deepest we, fear. We talked about yes. And we talked about how Harry had the honestly good fortune to not know that his parents were specifically targeted for death. But Neville does not have the same luxury there because his parents were still alive and he would be visiting them um, with the knowledge that they were specifically targeted and attacked and this mm. is the result. Mm-hmm. Neville needs so much therapy. (laughs) Oh, doesn't he? Neville just, Neville needs a lot of therapy. Neville needs a lot. Yeah. Um, Let's just be really, really grateful that he will never know that um, in the process of killing Voldemort, it turns out that he murdered some innocent lady. Because, um, yeah, whoops. (laughs) <laughs> because um that's the imp- that that's what um has now happened according to the Fantastic Beasts movies. <laughs> Hold on, what? I missed something. Okay, Nagini is a lady. Okay, Nagini is a lady. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I I keep going though cuz I don't know the full story. Okay. So um she's this Indonesian lady who is 
played by I think it was a Korean woman. So that that's a whole thing. Um, who has oh some has this curse on her that lets her turn into a snake, but eventually she will not be able to to turn back into a person. And somehow mm. along the lines, she ends up becoming Voldemort's pet. Right, of course she does. Mm. So that's cool. Mm. I fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't watch those piece of movies. Mm. But I mean, I, I did th- I did this to myself. Matt turned to me and was like, "Do you want to get mad?" And I was yeah. like, "Yep, sure." <laughs> no, yeah. Look, you are a braver soul than I because I would not do that. Mm. Um, yeah. So. The Wizarding World yeah. definitely needs psychiatrists in a big fucking mm. way. Yeah. Uh, do we have yeah, them? There's just so Not much. Not that we know of. Mm. Do we need them? Yes, absolutely. How any of those like, wizards. We, we, we saw the psych ward such as it was in St. Mungo's. And mm. it didn't seem to be good is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like. They're just kind of being managed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Look, I know these are children's books and everything like that, but these are the questions we want answered. Having a counselor at Hogwarts like in the actual books would have, you know, normalized for kids the idea of talking about their issues. Yes. Yes, it would have. It definitely would have. And those kids, by God, need to talk about their issues. Yes. There's a lot of issues that are specifically caused by the school and they have a duty of care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the school needs to hire uh, counsellors for the teachers and for the students because the teachers cause the problems because the teachers are also fucked up. Yeah, the teachers also need a ton of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. McGonagall's the only one who's any sort of straight and narrow. McGonagall's the one who sent them into the Forbidden Forest. I feel like she was acting on, uh, well, okay, yeah, that's not going to, I was going to say I feel like she was acting on Dumbledore's orders, which is even worse. (laughs) Yeah, like even our beloved Minerva McGonagall needs to sort out her shit. Yeah. Look, I feel like I feel like we've made our point. Mm. We have several we have several instances where people fucking need therapy. God damn, do they need therapy? <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, we've um exhausted the length and breadth of this topic. And um yeah. Yeah, that's that's they're, they're walk there. Yeah. They're walking tragedies. Everybody in the Harry Potter universe, it is a goddamn miracle that they are functioning human beings. And maybe they are functioning human beings because that is a part of being a witch or a wizard. Maybe if you're blessed with magical energy, you are also blessed with, like, uh, neurotransmitters that do their job. <laughs> I mean, as, as brain, J.K. Maybe. Rowling has made a point of saying, there's, there's, the magic blood gets rid of all of the disabilities. <laughs> Oh, disabilities also include mental health. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. 
But also we reject that that because fuck that eugenic statement. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Give me (laughs) deaf wizards and give me disabled witches and give me gender fluid everything. Like J.K. Rowling can go to hell with that statement, honestly. Quite honestly go to hell with that statement. It's bizarre Uh, to uh, set up an allegory for Nazis and then also include a eugenics slant to your world. It's actually quite fascinating, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And I imagine that J.K. Rowling needs to talk about that with her therapist. Oh, there's a hot take. J.K. Rowling needs therapy. (laughs) Five seconds on her Twitter will tell you that. It's true. It's true. It's so sad because that woman definitely used to be one of my heroes and now she's just somebody that I used to know. Thank you, Gautier, for that amazing statement. Um, yeah, I know, right? You, you, you got to sing it when you hear that statement, like when you hear that line. But, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I will continue to love most of Harry Potter aside from the Fantastic mm. Beasts franchise, with all of my heart. She can cry it from our cold, dead hands. She can. She can. And in the meantime, there are mm. plenty of people who are creating content. Oh, <gasps> shit. I promised some people on Facebook that I would do up a master list of fix shit. Okay. Well, I'm going to say here and now that I have holidays coming up in November, so I will probably sit there and do that in November because I do not have time between now and then. Good call. So I will get it done. Um, it will be your Christmas present. Speaking of our wonderful listeners, mm. we would really love it if you would, if you've got anything that you'd like us to talk about, um, we are 100% accepting that via Twitter, email, uh, where Facebook, wherever you want to. Um, we currently have a limited number of topics that we actually have and we would like to continue on so if you have something that you want to be an episode or part of an episode now is a good time (laughs) yes please otherwise we are just gonna pick another fandom at random (laughs) and that rhymed (laughs) Uh, unintentional i mean we Uh, we are just gonna yeah we have discussed a um, episode by episode go at Supernatural, if that's something that people are interested in. Uh, we will see how things go. Um, but, yeah, if you've got anything that you'd like to be part of this show, um, we would love to hear from you. I, yeah, I would really like to hear from people. I would really like some new hot takes on things to discuss. I would also really like uh, any fandoms that you guys would like us to discuss because obviously we uh, talk about a lot of stuff and we watch a lot of stuff. Like we, did and... have, we did have significant tangents for Star Wars this, this episode. So, Man, Star Wars <laughs> is my jam and I'm not afraid to show it. I have a lot of useless information about Star Wars history, both canon and not canon. So like. Please give me a reason to talk about it. My boyfriend is sick Meanwhile, of me. Meanwhile, I've just started watching Star Trek. <laughs> See, I can never get into Star Trek. 
See, I, I'm enjoying it so far in spite of the fact that, like, okay, so I thought that the thing where, like, people in their mid-20s um, portray teenagers, um, mid to late 20s, and it's like, mm, I don't think you're a teenager, but uh, okay. <laughs> which Star Trek? There which... was an episode of Star Trek, the uh, original series at the moment. Okay, yeah. Which is very campy and fun. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> but there was an episode where there was a 30-year-old man playing a, like, 11-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dear. And it was, it was not good. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. It was, like, he was, he was very obvious. Like, 11 might be exaggerating, but he was specifically prepubescent. Hmm. That's problematic. Yeah. That's problematic. I'm going to see if I can find that image. Oh, my God, please. Um, yeah. I like, really – look, guy. I couldn't get into Star Trek. I did really enjoy the movies, like the Chris Pine movies. Um, the I think it's the Kelvin timeline. Uh, I really enjoyed them, but that I think that's because they were movies and Chris Pine is just, oh, my God, a babe. So – uh, yeah, I just, I am more of a Star Wars person. I think that's pretty normal. Like you're either a Star Wars person or a Star Trek person. I think I'm too far deep in the Star Wars fandom to just be anything else. <laughs> I am trash. I know this. I've said this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm so far managing to make both work. Um, but like when I first tried to watch original Star Trek, it was not for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I can't um, get into it. But and like there might be a series that occurs that is the one for you. Anyway, just quickly check Discord right now. No! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that is was not a child. I was not. I was not prepared for that image. Oh my god! <laughs> I will put this in the show notes so I, that other people can understand. Oh, my God. I can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. I, oh, no. Oh, no. I can't look away. I've got to click out of the page. <laughs> he looks like Malcolm McDowell, but, like, smothered in plasticine. What is that? What is that? Oh, my God. I got – no, I got to look away. I got to look away. <laughs> okay. That is frightening. That is the stuff of nightmares. So now that I've done that to you right before you go to bed. <laughs> Thank you for that. I really, really appreciate that. Like, I really appreciate that. Um, I, yeah. Um, you can mm. – li- listeners can find me on Twitter at raven.com. I am Ray as a writer. I I keep promising that I will keep using this thing, but I, I'm not going to do it. It's R-A-E, by the way, not R-A-Y. R-A-E is a writer. The main point is get Ray on the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get me on Facebook. I'm much easier to get a hold of on the Facebook group. <laughs> also, I should probably point out, my full name is Kelly Ray, uh, which is what I'm on on Facebook 
I generally go by Ray or Kelly or Kelly Ray or one of the things. I just, it's just a one syllable name. You, is a you lot generally than go it. by one of the three options of your name. <laughs> it's true, but a one syllable name is generally better than a two or three syllable name. And Kelly Ray makes me feel like I'm in trouble, but it also means that people can't find me easily on Facebook. So, which can usually be a blessing to be perfectly honest. It honestly is. It really is. Because I'll meet someone in real life and they'll be like, oh, what's your name? Oh, Ray, Ray Morgan. Okay, cool. I'll find you on Facebook. Oh, I can't find you. It's like, <laughs> it's because it's not my name. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I think I've gotten sufficiently weird for 10 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, signing off. Mischief managed. Mischief managed. Toodles. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at Bronze Pig Media or by email at bronzepigmedia at gmail.com. There it is. I found the record button. Hooray! I know. I am so smart. That's... The, uh, the formation of the sound I just made, like the visualization, is very pleasant. Yeah, it was that, quite nice. It just tapers right down. It did. <laughs> it was very soothing. Mm. Bronze Pig Media. Oink! <laughs>